Welcome everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a transformational coach and I'm also an abstract artist and I have a penchant for living creatively. So I thought it would be helpful um, and fun to put together a series of conversations with creative people from all different walks of life uh, and explore what creativity actually is and how we can access it and where we can put that creative spark to use in our lives. Um, especially now when uh, we're living in a time where everything's been turned upside down and some people have had the chance to really reflect on, is this really the kind of life I wanna have? And um, with work being different the way it is now, maybe there's a different way to structure your work or create your work that could be better for you so you have a, a more wonderful life and uh just as a shameless plug I, at some point soon down the road i'm going to be creating a um, creative coaching program that will be based on this program and then we'll go wherever we needed to go so let me know if that sounds like something of interest to you um, uh, but I would first like to introduce our guest, Sandra Koenig, and ask Sandra to just give us uh, a little bit of background. And I, what I will do is I'll, if you don't mind, I will read her background, and then Sandra, you can add to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sandra is a San Francisco-based coach and consultant. She thrives on helping her clients create and innovate their lives and businesses. She works with entrepreneurs and leaders from diverse organizations, everything from startups to nonprofits to multinational companies. And she's also, as you can see from her background, that she is a talented abstract artist. And Sandra told me that when she was young, she, her love of visual arts uh, led her to study design and work for 25 years in the world of design and international branding. Her background in design influences her painting style and her use of color uh, and composition, and she paints directly and intuitively daringly, I might say. Um, and she captures the mystery and wonder of our experience as human beings. So Sandra, over to you. <laughs> Thank you, Nina. <laughs> it's funny to hear my own bio read back because it sounds so formal, um, which I'm not. But I was thinking about this call today and my love of creativity. And I'll tell you, there's this, for my whole life, I've been an image maker. And it, and it feels like, uh, who knows where that love comes from? But my mom tells a story of when I was a kid, I was drawing on the walls in the kitchen and uh, with my crayons. And she, uh, my punishment was to be put into my room. <laughs> uh, and before she even had the doors closed, I was drawing on the walls in there. Like I just, <laughs> and she learned to just keep a lot of paper around for me, which I thought was funny, but. Uh, when I was in high school and I was thinking about college, which was kind of in my family, you didn't, it wasn't, my mom was a teacher, like there was no not going to college. I really wanted to study painting. And my dad had me meet a painter, an architect, and a graphic designer. And the only one of the three who was happy was a graphic designer. So that's what I ended up studying. Because I think I was the thing they were coming from um and i had no idea what graphic design was but it turned out i was i was sort of good at it like i um my first job out of school was for a big branding company and and i think uh i didn't realize it wasn't easy for everybody to just kind of take in a lot of disparate information and and uh distill it down like i my first few years in design all i was doing was creating logos for co big companies um, but I always had some fine art I was doing on the side for fun. And about 10 years into my design career, I, um, I knew my heart wasn't in it. And I ended up getting a degree in psychology and my minor was in expressive arts therapy. I kind of forget that I did this. So for many years I worked, um, in the therapy work I did 
the idea between, behind expressive arts therapy is you might, let's say for somebody like me, I'm a painter. If I went to expressive arts therapy, they wouldn't have me do anything visual. They might have me sing and then write poetry and then act something out and that you move through different art forms. Um, and that was always fascinating to me to play with creativity in that way. Um, and for many years, I was involved in a process-oriented painting studio, and I, I also facilitated that for many years. And it was a very different kind of way to interact creatively, like keeping it very private and secret. And like the only rule in that painting studio was no commenting. And in that arena of feeling completely safe, what you would see come through people was all of the experiences we have as humans and and people tend to paint the things they repress so there was a lot of sex there was a lot of violence uh it was a it was a great place to sublimate things um for me i had to i i had kind of a rough childhood and i um i had to paint god for years i didn't believe in god that was fascinating to me uh i so much resistance to the divine which I don't have anymore, thank goodness. But um, I would say four or five years ago, I just, I had this feeling that I just, the process painting wasn't working for me anymore and that I had this deep desire to create art that was in the world. And so my current painting journey started. It's kind of a long, it's probably more than you expected, Nina, but. <laughs> no, that's good. Because actually it makes me ask, uh, since you were you had the opportunity to dip your toes or more into all of these different areas of expression where do you think creativity comes from <laughs> and you know we've talked about this before that that creativity is innate in all of us but what what does that mean I think that creativity just comes through us. I don't think it's ours. We can all access it and it doesn't, um, no one is more talented. I, all the years I worked in design, I actually thought some people were more talented than others. <laughs> I think some people have more ease doing the kind of weird projects I had to do as a designer, but it didn't mean they weren't creative. Even when I became a coach, I used to tell people that I love working with creators and innovators because that's what I had done my whole design life. I was, I live in the Bay Area, so it was, I was doing a lot of work with startups and loved that spirit of innovation. Um, but then as I learned this thing that, that Nina and I know called the three principles, I started to see like, oh, everybody can innovate. Like there's, there, nobody has, nobody holds that. Um, no one has more capacity to, than another. And the same with creativity. It's, it, to me, they're closely related. So what, um, what do you think makes some, ha, that some, enables some people to access being innovative or creative more than others? And by the way, everyone, if you would be kind enough to put yourself, except for Sandra, uh, on mute for now, just so that we um, can have a clearing background of no noise. Thank you. So, back to you, Sandra. I'm sorry, what was your last question? I, I got <laughs> distracted. I was just looking at everybody. I know, they're so beautiful. What, what is it that you think makes some people more willing to be creative or be innovative what is it that stands out in their startup companies tech companies um, people who just do a whole bunch of different things I, I don't know i think that some people just have less on it they have less thinking about taking risks and failing i think if you're going to be creative you have to be willing to fail like if i showed you all of my paintings like i have the ones behind me i happen to like <laughs> it's a bunch of other ones that are not so good but i love the process so much right so i think there's something about 
the doing that I love enough to stay engaged. Mm. And I think some people just love, have such a deep love for creating. So why, why do you think that is? Because um, a lot of people will start something and then they give up. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look great. They have a lot of thinking. Like certainly for me, when I started, when I left the process-oriented studio where we never showed our paintings, I thought about pulling one out to show you guys because they're so different. Um, my first images were very realistic. Uh, my very first painting was a self-portrait of me and it was, I called it She Was First and it's very dark <laughs> and ominous looking. So there's been a whole evolution, but the first ones, I was terrified to let anybody see. And, and because I work as a coach, I sit on this couch all day talking to people. My, and I had a bunch of artwork here that wasn't mine. And I sort of gingerly put one behind me to see if anybody would notice. I had so much fear of just letting people see what I created. Yeah. And their reaction. And then I realized, oh, I don't, I'm not doing it for them. They don't need to love what I do. It's, if we take away, you know, like now I'm, I'm sort of developing my paintings into a side hustle and I do want people to like them and buy them, but it actually doesn't stop me when I'm painting. I'm not thinking, would somebody want to buy this? So you're doing it more for the exploration of it. It's fun for me. Like I love playing with color. I love playing with color. And what about with business? Business, as if that was a separate thing from the rest of our lives, right? But how do you see it in business when, when uh, startup companies or um, business owners are flailing around to come up with ideas? Where do you see creativity coming or not coming in that context? I think it all, I mean, creativity comes, all comes from the same source, you know, this, this ever pervasive wisdom we can all tap into. Um, and I, I just think if people, it's sort of a muscle you can build for one, to learn to trust and risk to not listen to your negative thinking. Like for me, I'm surprised when I post paintings on social media, cause it's become this thing where like, can I just let my art be seen? That's, that's still a thing for me. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I delight when people like it, but that's not why I'm doing it. Like for me, it's just to continue taking the risk of really being seen and it's the same in these companies like what are they creating and and you don't know whatever arena you're playing in if the world's gonna love what you do but you have to try you have to be willing to risk and i think i work with a lot of entrepreneurs and i just see them hold themselves back from just trying stuff mm. and failing so what do you say, and by the way, for those of you who are on the call, we're going to open the conversation up to you um, in a little while once we toss around some ideas. So, um, I mean, I want to hear your answer to these questions too, Nina. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just what occurs to me in this moment. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, um, well, I'll share two things. One is when i was first getting back into making art this was a, a bunch of years ago i took a uh, abstract collage workshop with uh, a painter in cambridge massachusetts and i noticed that i was getting nauseous as i was painting and i thought oh it must be the paints you know we're in a small room and i was making up this whole story and i'd have to keep going into the bathroom and coming back out again and then all of a sudden she happened to say in conversation that she's had so many students that when they first start exploring uh, avenues that they haven't been into before, it makes them nauseous. And I thought, oh boy, she just nailed it for me. Because I just, it made me really, and I, I didn't even know what I was thinking, but I just had that feeling of like panic. And I'm just wondering if, 
you've seen that with um, either other people in the art world or people in a business context, because one of the things that I think is really useful for people to um, understand is that the, um, the challenge of creativity is not just putting paint on a canvas, but right. it's a lot broader. Well, and I, I love what you're pointing to. I love this question, right? Because I, I wouldn't have thought to speak to this. But certainly I learned all the years I did the process painting that there would be times when my mind would just go crazy, like run, be telling me things like run out of the room. And, and I learned over time that, oh, I had hit pay dirt. I was stepping outside of whatever little box I had created for myself. And I see this when I work with people too, that, that when our worst fears and judgments and like when there's suddenly a flurry of negative thinking, um, it's because we've stepped, we've stepped outside of our comfort zone. So you kind of have to be willing to do that. Like some days when I paint, I have the idea that I'm miserable because all this thinking is kicked up. But part of me knows I'm just in the realm of the unfamiliar. And, and there's something exciting about that too, if I just hang in there. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people don't create what they want to create because they believe that thinking, they believe some might call it the ego is kind of kicked up. Um, they believe that and they let it stop it, them instead of seeing what's beyond <coughs> that. If we hang in there through the discomfort. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you know, that's, I, yes. <laughs> what it's making me think about is how we're so quick to stop when we get uncomfortable. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I was raised uh, thinking that whatever I, had to, I was doing had to be perfect the first time around, not just perfect in general, but the first time around. So it really stopped me from doing so much. And uh, you know, I, I realized at a certain point that it was holding me back from like being safe really isn't that much fun. It's not that much fun. It's not like you don't get any new discoveries. If you're always doing the same thing and staying in your comfort zone, like after a while, it's like boring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I took a, this is another, a few years ago, I had taken a, a, painting class with someone who I uh, totally adore, Jane Davies. And uh, I, I was doing in the assignment, I looked at it, I didn't really, I didn't really know where to go with it. And uh, she came over and I said that to her and she looked at it and then she looked at me and said, totally deadpan. Well, if you do a hundred of these, you might get one or two. <laughs> my jaw just went, I had to put it back up. Thought, oh my God, you're kidding. <laughs> and that's true. I, I had a painter tell me that years ago when I asked to study under him. Um, he said, you just like your first hundred paintings, maybe you'll get one good one. And then the second hundred, maybe you'll get two. <laughs> and it was so quick in my, I saw this whole train of thought in my head that it was so quick. Like I have to do a hundred? Like I was so interested in the result and not the process of it that at first I was shocked at what she said. And then I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. If I was learning, if I was trying to make cookies and they didn't come out right the first time, I wouldn't, you know, take it personally. I would just change some ingredients around and then I would discover something new coming out of that. But that mindset about, oh, you know, the first part, the first time has got to be good or even the second time or the 10th time. But that completely- That it ever has to be good, you know? Like if that's what, if right. that stops us, we'll never create anything. <laughs> right, right. So I think that goes back to what you were saying is that, or I'm, I'm trying to put words in your mouth, that making things, whether it's on a canvas or in the kitchen or uh, in a business, is really not, it's not about us. It's about letting ourselves be open to something that comes through us, that we're like channels. 
and you hear all sorts of uh, stories about musicians and artists who um, say that things came through them, that it wasn't resident in them, but they kind of got out of the way and they pointed themselves in a direction and something happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's also true in business. I, I feel like I'm surprised at some of the ideas I get, but when they feel really clear and sort of quiet, they also feel very trustworthy. And so, what do you mean by quiet? I don't know. Like, I just feel this quiet nudge, like, like I'm launching a mastermind in the next couple of weeks. And it just was like this quiet nudge, like, oh, this, this would be the next step in terms of, there's an offering I've done for many years, just a branding group. And, and one of the things I see is people go through my process and then they don't launch. So I'm putting together a mastermind where they do the process and I walk them through launch so that they don't let those voices stop them. Like, cause I think that's what happens. Like they're, they're out of the support of the group. Anyway, it's just, I've seen some, I'm not trying to market this. I just, I've seen some things around it. And so it was like a natural expression of like, Oh, this is what they need. So I'm going to offer this. Like, we'll see if enough people sign up, whatever, but, but I could feel like, Oh, this is the next thing. And if I trust that, we'll see, you know, it'll go, won't go try another thing for whatever reason, the pandemic's been really good for me. I, my, I have so many ideas for my business. Who knew I needed to be home alone for 10 weeks? <laughs> the name of that movie has a whole different meaning yeah. now, doesn't it? No, but I, I feel like we're going to see a renaissance in the world for people. Cause it's going to come not from me, but like people like me who, for whatever reason, this has forced us back on ourselves. Yeah. And that, that's really, that, that in, in uh, many ways was the inspiration for my wanting to do these kinds of calls because the world is not going to go back to where it ever was. And neither is the workplace. And so many people are saying, oh, now that I've had this time alone or not in the rat race that I used to be in, I either notice that it's been a long time since I've been playful or thinking about having fun or do I really want to be doing the kind of work I've been doing? Mm -hmm. So there's a certain amount of self-reflection that has been an invitation for people during this period of time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering when to kind of broaden the playing field, when you talk about taking through people through the branding process and I, and I'm not asking you to, reveal any secrets here, but what kinds of questions are you asking them to think more deeply about who they are and what's important for anybody to know about them or their business? Well, I could give you a very long answer to that question, but, but what feels important about what I might say is what I see is that people don't understand that the things that make them unique is exactly what should be at the front of their business. And, ten, and people tend to want to create a business just like somebody they admire, somebody else they see, and they want to use their method or whatever. And to me, it's always <coughs> turning back, looking within what's really true for you, not what's true for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I, I get a little bit of uh, because I do like to play in the world of form. I love working in business. I always have really enjoyed it. Um, and to me, it's still, it's all the same. It's all the same. These truths that we talk about, uh, you know, like that we're always living inside the feeling of our thinking, yes, and in business too, <laughs> kind of thing. Like it's all, it's, it's, there's only one place to look for the answers. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm on your side with that. 
And does that make sense? I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not sure I answered your question. No, you did. Um, you did in part, I might ask you another follow-up question here, but I, that whole point of looking inward for answers, why do you think it's, or do you have any theories about why it's easier for some people to, um, be able to do that in um, a more creative artistic expression, or maybe not, but um, have a harder time when it comes to business or something work-related. Because it seems to me we all I have- I think it's harder when we have more on it. Like we have more thinking about it. We think it means something about us. I, I, I mentor a lot of, coaches also and people think how much they're charging has something to do with their values as a coach and it's not they're not related and it's the same in business like how successful your business is i feel like isn't even up to me like that's there's so little we actually control but if we get in there and we play and we do something that we enjoy in business one we're more willing to hang in there when it has ups and downs, like many businesses are going through a down now and we will see businesses go out of business who either weren't prepared or um, they didn't love it enough to want to stay, hang in there through this. This is a really unusual time. Well, now you just reminded me of something you said recently that I love and I'd love it if you would say, love is coming up so you probably know what i'm going to ask you is you made a comment recently about businesses being based on love can you say something about that well i just <coughs> was part of i did a free six-week series and on the foundations of business and la yesterday was the last call and i was surprised when what emerged for me that was going to be the topic was just that the foundation of business is love and that um, I think it's the foundation of everything, but when you're going to create something like a business is a creation, if you love that creation, you will also take care of it. You will tend it. And if that business is also an expression of things you love about yourself, things you're good at, there's a way you can honor that. There's a gentleness that emerges in the way you do business. I know there was more I said about it yesterday. Well, I, what I, one of the things that I find so intriguing about what you say, and, and I think it's true for me, uh, not in the sense that I love the business, whatever that is, you know, it's kind of like a made up term, is that I love what happens in the context of that mm -hmm. container. Yeah. that there is something that for me that's really exciting that that there are moments of inspiration that there are moments of discovery that there are moments of people sometimes even me having new ideas about how to do something or do something different and and it feels really good yeah and it yeah. seems like so much of uh, in the past, so much of my associations with business have been very hard-nosed, very cut and dried, you know, very um, aggressive. Well, and, and one of the things, so this is just what occurs to me as you're saying that, like when people are launching a business, let's say you're a coach and you're just starting your business, if you, if you think of your business as like an infant, you would tend that infant like your business is a baby <laughs> and it needs some tending and as it as it gets older and it and it and it you know can stand on its own two feet it takes a different kind of tending but you're still the parent mm -hmm. like as a metaphor for i see people not not caring for their baby and of course it it kind of withers and doesn't flourish <laughs> it's kind of gruesome to think about I'm very visual. <laughs> so do you, do you have any favorite examples of creativity from across the board of different worlds? Mm. 
I don't know, there's just, there's great art, you know, painters and artists that I love, but, um, and, you know, architecture, things like, I love modern architecture. The, um, is it the Disney Hall in LA? I think it's a Frank Gehry, is it a Frank Gehry? Frank Gehry. I love that building. I could just walk around that building all day, take pictures of it. And, and so tell me if you can, what it is about that building that speaks to you? Because there's probably not anything too intellectual. It sounds like it's got- No, I just find it inspiring. Like it just moves me to be there. It's fascinating to me that it's so reflective and the, the kind of shapes that are put together but that you don't see in more traditional architecture. Um, another place that comes to mind, it's sort of a building and a painter, was there's a small Moreau Museum in Mallorca. And anyway, it was like, I walked in, and I was like, oh, this is my dream painting studio. It was a mid-century mid modern building that had windows out over the ocean. But it was massive and it was full of these big uh, easels and big tables and covered with paintings. But the museum then also was quite small and well curated, maybe 30 paintings, but you could spend all day there. There was a way it was paced to go through that you could really take it all in. Because I'm somebody who goes to museums and I want to see everything. Like, I don't know when I'm going to get here again. And I, I take in too much information. But there is something about this that I found beautiful, the whole experience. It was so thoughtfully done. So what I'm hearing in what you're saying is that what speaks to you is a feeling quality. And actually, I think this has been a through line through our conversation so far, is that there is a feeling to the process of playing with ideas that's yeah. the directive rather than, oh, I must have fill in the blank in order for this to be fill in the blank, successful, yeah. attractive, yeah. good yeah. enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my own paintings, my hope is that they evoke a feeling in the viewer. Mm -hmm. And for a while, they were, my paintings were getting really dark and I had to kind of sit with it. Like, what is it? And then I was like, just stop painting them so dark. <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted to put in the world. It wasn't anything complicated. <laughs> I wanted to shift gears for a second, if that's okay. And um, read a, a quote from Byron Katie that I discovered in Steve Chandler's book called Creator. and. Uh, and then after this, we can open it up to questions from um, the people who are here with us and, and see where that takes us. And the quote is this, there is something better than heaven. It is the eternal, meaningless, infinitely creative mind. It can't stop for time or space or even joy. It is so brilliant that it will shake what's left of you to the depths of all consuming wonder. Hmm. What do you think of that? It's a gorgeous quote. Isn't that an invitation? Mm -hmm. I'll say. And you can see that in her life, what she's created and how it's um, changed her. Yeah. So do you think that's a component of the, uh, of where we go when we start yeah. noodling around and to come up with new ideas? Well, I do think when we're, we're at our most creative, there's very little of us mm. in there. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't feel like it's standard creating. It's something and that's pretty universally expressed. You know, people say it's not me. It's sort of got my flavor, but it's not me. I'm the hand that moves the brush. Yeah. And I feel that way when I write also too. There's some way it's, um, yeah. Like who, I don't think I would have chosen when I was 15 that when I was at this age, I was 
going to be making my living teaching people about branding and coaching and you know you know what i mean it's not i didn't even know people did these kind of things mm-hmm. and it feels like there was something else much greater at work that was always guiding me yeah how about if we open it up and see what other people are responding to in the conversation so you've probably all been on zoom if you've been on if you're on this call now but if you are not familiar you can go to the uh, participants side and you'll see a place where you can raise hand or since we don't have a too big a crowd here you could just raise your hand and then start talking because i believe all of you are unmuted couple people have unmuted themselves. They're warming up. <laughs> Hello. David. Hi, David. I'd just like to say that I, that for myself, I just dropped into a very nice feeling just now. And I, I would uh, uh, um, suggest that because nobody raised their hands, that we all did. Um, I just like I just wanted that to not go unnoticed. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for noticing, David. Yeah. I know you're really good at picking that stuff up. Yeah. Thank you. Any thoughts or questions that have come up? so far in our conversation or anything that you have in your life that you feel could be more creatively approached? Well, I liked it when um, I've taken a few notes and um, uh, business based on a a foundation of love. I've never really associated love and business. Uh, And um, so that's, that's something new for me um and um by the way i've come off i I just was on the last of a michael neal um a whole new way of thinking about success um series that that ended today uh and uh so uh my head is swimming with uh thoughts and uh, uh and stuff um but uh to keep it simple i'm just gonna sort of stay with a nice feeling because I can feel it all over my body now. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Like a city bank said, you know, let's keep it simple. <laughs> it's that who said it. <laughs> yeah. JJ's got something. I'll ask a question. Hi, Sandra. Hi, everybody. Hi, JJ. Um, I just loved hearing your story. You know, I know some of your story, but I loved hearing your story and especially about your childhood and, and drawing on the walls. And, and I'm just wondering when you were saying that you were in, um, I think it was the expressive painting classes, like if you, or just in general, really, if you hadn't, um, if this hadn't become a part of your life, as far as any kind of expression, whether through painting, through creating, through business, whatever you do, how can you imagine your life like not having gone over, um, not uh, sort of ignoring your negative thinking and keep going? Like, can you imagine what your life, how that, how one's life might be different if they are not willing to be vulnerable and open up and express themselves however they want to express themselves? I, I don't want to imagine it, but I can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that for me, it's just always been part of my life to be creative. And, and I don't know if that's, um, you know, the nurture aspect of growing up, like that, that I wasn't discouraged from creating. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just, it's just such a part of me. I don't feel, I feel like I can't help but create. And yeah. on, 
I'm curious about that. I don't know why. I don't really question it. It's just like I know that I, even when I haven't been involved in more structured things, like I just, I want to make stuff. Mm. And whether that's a coaching program or a painting or a write something, you know, or however it manifests. That's so cool. Except for cooking. I don't seem to have the creative gene. (laughs) 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 Just doesn't occur to me. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I just want, you know, as I'm, I'm a teacher and I just see students sort of holding back too, because of, again, because of what we were talking about, just sort of the negative thinking, the not wanting to be seen to be vulnerable. And I feel like so many of us, if we didn't, if we just ignored that, oh my God, the, the, the stuff that would be created, that could be created is just like so interesting for me to think about too. Well, and you know, as you're speaking, what I, one of the things I realize is in the painting, when I used to facilitate the process painting, when people would come in, they would often start where they, they had stopped. And when people are in the early grades in school, they're often told things about their art, like that's not, suddenly, instead of, you know, making a squiggle and saying it's the sun, suddenly it's supposed to look like the sun. Yeah. And that they freeze and they stop creating. And so people would come into the, the painting studio <laughs> and they would start there. And it was so beautiful. Oh. Like they would draw and paint like a, that seven-year-old, like that, that had to come through first. And people would have so much judgment, but to me it was just so moving and so beautiful to just allow that, you know, allow it. That's so gorgeous. I love that. Thank you. And I think we all get stopped in different ways. You know, it's not like I haven't struggled with it. Just even in creating my own business, I have a lot of thinking about it sometimes, or, you know, is anybody going to sign up for this? (laughs) Even if it's free, is anybody going to come, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just delighted when it works. But it's my own stepping out out of, you know, it would be more comfortable because I'm an introvert to just not do anything, to not be in the world. Right, right. It's so freeing to not, to really, really not care or to just throw yourself out there and with nothing on it, like you said, it's just such a great feeling. Thank you. I love what you're saying, JJ, because it, I mean, that's my experience too. When I, when I just say, oh, you know, I have all these thoughts in my head about why it isn't going to work or why I can't make it work or, you know, the, all the why not stuff, <coughs> excuse me. But the, as soon as I say, oh, the heck with it, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Then it's like, I've, you know, the floodgates are open. Yeah. I had another painting class that I took with someone and uh, I really wasn't, I, I didn't think I was getting anywhere with it. And I was feeling so precious about it. And the instructor said, it's only paper. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) If we can only feel that way about everything. I know. There's another blank piece of paper right after it. There's another one and another one. (laughs) That's right. The next moment is another blank sheet. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Puts it in perspective. I love that. Thank you. I see Aubrey's got her hand raised. Aubrey? Hi. Um, I, this is a great conversation. It's, I love what both of you are saying. I've got so many... Um, so much like like popcorn I, it'll be a miracle if i have a coherent thought but basically i just love what um you know we you know sandra when you said people tend to paint what they repress um well when they're in that environment where they know no one's going to stop them or judge them like yeah yeah i mean it just got me thinking that's so fascinating that um that given, you know, given the freedom, you know, the freedom of mind to, to just express what has been stuck. I wanted to hear what, um, how you think about art or create creativity as, as it relates to healing. 
And that was, that was one thought. And then the other thought I, I had was very biblical. I was like, wow, so, you know, we really have put this thing, creativity, in this whole other category um, and just connected it to art. But really, it's, it's just bizarre. It's not about art. It's about expressing everything and all of us. And, you know, God created, I mean, you know, I'm not getting theological and just getting just one reference, but every, every um, religious tradition that's stood the test of time is, you know, God created man. And I think human beings just want to express the creator. That's part of them. I think it's just such a, a cool, holistic desire to express in every single part of life. Anyway, it's a very loose, you know, not very formed thought, but it has to do with um, healing and creativity. And I would love to hear what you have to say. That was so beautifully said, <laughs> whether you think so or not. <laughs> it was gorgeous. I mean, and I do think that if we really get that we are the divine, that, that of course creation is part of what we're here. It's part of the play. It's like our birthright to create in the world of form. Have fun with it. I did, and to get back to your earlier question, not to, that's not a small thing, but in your other question, I did see, I felt like for many years painting, the process painting was a place for me to sublimate stuff. Like I, um, had kind of extreme abuse as a child and I painted all the violence I would have loved to have done. Um, I don't have those paintings anymore, but it was so liberating to just feel like the hatred and to have a place to express it knowing I was never going to act on it. You know, and I also, like I said, I had to paint God for years. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe there was a positive force in the universe. And I feel very differently now. I feel like all of that stuff that happened was a gift. It made me who I am. There were incredible gifts in it that I wouldn't choose. You know, it's... I, was there something healing in, in the the seeing the seeing the sort of physical expression of these thoughts and then to see them as separate from you and really not part of you anymore is there a healing in in the separation of the getting I do, I do think there is like i i feel like i'm stepping outside of what i know or like uh but i i've also experienced this in my writing like a, a memoir is coming through me and I'm having to go back in to some of those experiences that I didn't even think I still held inside of me. And there has been a feeling of liberation through the expression. I don't know if I'll ever let anybody read this book, <laughs> but it's coming through and it does feel like it's, it's, it's moving it out of me. Like there's a way in the act of creation, I think there's a way we can use certain arts to sublimate things, you know, to express it without creating harm or, you know, like I can have the thought that like, oh, when I was a kid, I hated this person. It doesn't mean I have to act on it as an adult, but I can paint that hatred and give it a voice and feel kind of freed from it. Like, a, like okay, I got, it's not inside of me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that works. I'd be curious if anybody else has, Nina, what do you think about that? Well, I love what you're saying, Sandra. And I also think, Aubrey, that because I've seen for myself that creativity is something innate within all of us, exploring that process of 
creating is very healing because it brings it, it, it brings me up against the things that have been holding me back in my life the beliefs that i've had that something shouldn't be the way it is or um, i don't like certain things because of something else but for me the process of being creative whether it's with painting or coaching or whatever it has to be in the moment is that uh it comes from the the actual process of creating is very hmm, boy there's a lot of words i could use but it's cathartic in many ways for the the uh parts of me that still feel vulnerable because now i'm not even sure what vulnerable means like nobody's going to hit me over the head uh you know i'm not physically in danger and to express emotion is natural so so all of the preconceived ideas i've had about what should be said or what shouldn't be said and how it should be said and who's going to like it and who they start to dissolve by themselves so i one of the reasons I liked that quote by Byron Katie is that there is something about that innate creativity to me that's very healing and it, it, uh, it softens the past so that it's not that the, those experiences didn't happen, but they don't carry the same meaning anymore and I can go beyond them and what, that, what I thought they had done to me. So thank you for that question. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bob. And you know what else I'm thinking about, and Sandra, I'd like to know, and, and other people on the call too, that this creativity, I don't even know that you can distinguish it from, from whatever it is that is our life force. It just is they seem to be the same thing for me now mm -hmm. that there is something in that willingness to go with it to jump into it to follow it however it is pulling or pushing or inviting you to come that it's already every, almost everything you need is already in there is in the process of following that impulse that there isn't a lot of figuring out there's just a um, I like this, I don't like this. It feels good, it doesn't feel good. You know, warmer, colder, that example that we've bantered about in other circles. Is and it's so much simpler that, that way. It's not a it's not a big hard decision. Like, oh, I I think I'll try this. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes life so much simpler. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when you're describing that, I was thinking about sometimes I'm working on a painting, I can feel like, oh, it's just not finished. I don't know what makes me think it's, things are finished. And I have to be willing to, like I might like one little corner of it, but I feel like I have to be willing to destroy it. I might not, but I might. I might paint over it. <laughs> yeah. I have to be willing to play, play, you know, to not make it precious. Yeah. I think that's true in business too, right? That somebody is going to create something or decide to go in a different direction for the kind of work that they do and to be willing to entertain the possibility that it might not work. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That's not the end of the world. Yeah. And, to and not, it could be the beginning of a new world. And to not look for input from other people. Like recently I had some uh, input from somebody I really respect, a well-known businesswoman locally. And she was telling me this mastermind I'm going to run should be X amount of money, which was pretty high price. And, and I just, I don't know, it didn't feel right. I had to trust that it didn't feel right to me, that right now. Um, this is an interesting time where people are being more conservative with their money. Like there's some part of me that just, I had to go with what felt right to me, not what felt right to her. Mm. And she can judge me. Oh, well. Oh, well. Not her business. <laughs> <laughs> right. And not yours either. 
right. in terms of what she thinks. Right, right. No, but it's just interesting that all those little decisions that can go into like creation in the realm of business. Yeah. You, I don't know why I'm thinking of this right now, but there's a, a description of some of our habitual thinking that gets in the way of, or at least I'm, in, I'm applying it in this context of how we get in our own way from uh, being creative by um, uh, a man named Joe Dispenza, who is uh, very well known now in the world of meditation. And uh, he has quite a story, the research that he's done about meditation and how it, we can access different uh, levels of our awareness and creativity. And he, and he talked about this cycle where in terms of habitual thinking and how it gets in our way is that we have a thought, the thought triggers a feeling, the feeling triggers a biochemical response, and that in turn uh, triggers a behavior or, or something in the body. And because we're so enamored of that particular thought that we can't get away from it, it goes right back up the circle, starts all over again. So thought produces a feeling, produces the biochemical response, produces the behavior. So if I'm thinking I can't do this, it's going to look ugly. Nobody will like it. I don't even like it. It's going to produce the same chemicals in my body and it's going to keep me from acting and doing those, trying things and just trying shit. So the place that I see for intervention is how we are dealing with the thought in the first place. Like how much, how much importance am I really going to put on that thought? And the less I'm willing to take that thought as truth, then it produces a different feeling that produces a different biochemical response in the body. And then that produces a different behavior. And that to me was really interesting because it gave me a, a look uh, in a way that I hadn't seen before of how, why certain thoughts get so uh, ingrained in such a groove in our thinking. But then when we go back, when I go back to realizing, oh, that, I do I, is that thought really true? Do I really need to live that way? Then everything starts to shift. My body feels better. I feel freer. I take risks. I create new things. Well, I definitely think when we start to see that you know, so very little of our thinking is reliable. <laughs> we can live very differently. Yeah. We can live more from that feeling level, that, that deeper level. Yeah. We are getting close to the top of the hour, and I have loved this conversation, and I'm just wondering if anyone has any other questions or comments that they'd like to share before we say goodbye? Can I just say yeah, please. Yeah. So this has just been lovely. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank everyone. And Sandra and yourself in particular. Thank you. Yeah. And David, thank you for that posting. And what I'm seeing, uh, I don't know if I'm freezing, is um, how, how, how pervasive creativity can be if we allow it. Just if we allow it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a canvas or a conversation that is brilliant, but how in every moment it can be creative. I think the key is it just comes through us. Love yes. that. And then the tagline is, just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. I just wanted to say thank you for having me as your guest, Nina. It was lovely and really lovely to be with you all. And... Um, I hope I can make your future conversations sit in. It's been quite fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Sandra, would you like to give everyone your website in case they would like to have more conversations with you? Uh, sure. My, my website, my branding website is brandingharmony.com. 
And you can email me at Sandra at brandingharmony.com. And then I also have a coaching website, which is just my name, Sandra Koenig. And the email for that is just uh, sk at sandrakoenig.com. Well, so you can see the two. I have a varied uh, business life. <laughs> and so it should be. And soon to be a painting website, a third website. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that. Thank you, Nina. Really fun conversation. Thank mm. you. And thank, thank you, you, everyone. And stay tuned. We hope to see you next week. And uh, my website, if you'd like to know more information, is ninalockwood.com. And coming soon, Creativity Coaching. Thank you all for being here. Go out and create. Have fun. Mm -hmm.